Hey, New Life. I'm glad you're here because Jesus is here too. That's what the word tells me. So let's go ahead and stand and welcome him. Can we do that? Father, we thank you that Jesus is our Savior. We thank you that you sent your Son to die on the cross to pay for our sins. And that through him we might have life more abundantly. Father, I just pray that today as we talk about the Holy Spirit, that we really understand him in maybe a new and a fresh way. That we may get to know Jesus even more and get to know you even more. We need you today, Lord. We want you today, Lord. It's a good day to be in the house of the Lord. We love you so in Jesus we pray. And all God's people said, let's worship.
kind of an offering did you bring today? Let's just, uh, instead of talking about money, let's just talk about the offering of faith. Let's talk about an offering of encouragement. What about an offering of prayer? Let's uh, just take a few moments, bow your heads, close your eyes if you would, and just, just bring him an offering. Just offer him something that shows your value of him today your time. Just give him an offering today of your faith. An offering of your finances saying, I trust God, not money. What about an offering of yourself? Father, here I am. Send me. Father, you are worthy of so much more than you ask. And I believe one day standing in heaven, we're going to realize just how much value you were to us on this earth. But maybe we should start seeing it today. Open our eyes and we might understand just how amazing you are. And just how worthy you are of all that we are and all that we have because of all that you are. Encourage our hearts today, Lord God. To bring you an offering. And as the song said, come let us, come, come and fill this place. We love you so, Jesus. You are worthy of all we are and have. And Jesus, you pray, we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's worship.
give him a round.
because we're going to be preaching on it today. So uh, let's go ahead and dismiss the kids at this time. And you all may be seated. The children's ministry, will pro- I promise, will be cooler today than it was last Sunday. And we found out that our air conditioner was broken a couple of weeks ago. So for those of you that like... Peter preached one time, and it got so hot that a guy fell out of a window and died, and Peter had to raise him from the dead, and I thought I was going to have to do that that Sunday, but nobody died that I know of. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to the same passage of Scripture we've been in for the last, I don't even know why I'm looking. We've been in it for, it seems like, a year. Isaiah 6, 9, and 10. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to start with a story that I didn't ask my wife permission to tell. So, pray for me. But this is the truth about marriage. We've been married this, uh, last Friday we celebrated 39 years of wedded bliss. We... Yeah, clap for her because she's the reason it happened. Yeah, she's still happy. But in that, um, there's something about a good wife. Amen? Now, one of the things that has frustrated my wife the most in ministry is how people seek to gain access to my life. Now, this, just, this will make sense at the end. So I'm telling this story, and someone's going to get offended. I, I know it's going to happen. So, She is not opposed to people having relationships with people, nor does she keep me from having relationships with others. But she's watched over the years how some don't treat that relationship well. And it bothers her because she knows my heart. A good wife should know a husband's heart and protect it. Amen? And a good husband should know his wife's heart and protect it as well. I just had to throw that in there because I know there's some husbands who are going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know how this works. Some people ignore the person to gain access to the power. Have you ever experienced that in your life? Someone doesn't care about you. They just care about what you can do for them. So they, they have relationship with you based on whether you will do things for them, not who they are to you. So they have no interest in me or her for that matter. They only want what my position might allow them to do. Many times over the years, Deborah has told me, she has said this many times, watch out for that one. And she was talking about one of you. I'm just saying. You get the real deal here at New Life. Now, to be completely honest, she has been right 100% of the time. 
in 40 years, she's been, 30, you know, 40 years of being together, she's been right 100% of the time. So don't elbow your husband and say, see, see, because you may have been wrong. My wife has not been wrong for 40 years. Now, this might confuse some because they might think that a pastor's wife would think that everyone should have access to her husband, but that's what makes her a good wife. That she's careful watching over me is my wife. She knows how much I want to help people and how much Christ has made me love people. Now, before Christ made me love people, she had no problem with this because I wouldn't have let you even get close to me. But I I love you and I I love people and I will sacrifice my life for you because I, I love you that much. And that's not a brag. That's just an honest assessment of my heart. But she has to ensure that those who get close to me have pure intent. That they care about me. And so she'll watch over me in that. In her mind, the best way to ensure that you get to me is you go through her. Amen. She's kind of the door. This may not translate well. And some of you might be saying, where in the world is he going with this? Hang on. It will, it will, will clarify it if you're open to what the Spirit of God is saying this morning. In our story of Isaiah that we have been in seems like forever. Isaiah just had a traumatic experience. His king just died and his nation was in turmoil. While praying, he was brought right into the throne room of God. There, he was moved by the, how the presence of God filled the room. God is always bigger than whatever problem you're facing. Amen. And those aren't just words. He is actually bigger than whatever problem you're facing. He loved how the angelic beings worshipped and served continually. They were constantly going around the throne of God saying, Holy, 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 Lord God of hosts is uh, the whole, Lord God of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. I almost misquoted that. How did I do that? He was amazed at how the voice of God shook him. I don't know if you've ever had the word of God actually shake you. But it's a powerful moment when the, the God speaks and you just go, wow. He is speaking to me. He was amazed at how the holiness of God humbled him. And he confessed inward sin and outward sin. The outward sin being I'm a man of unclean lips. The inward sin, I dwell amongst a people of unclean lips. So I'm choosing to do life with the people that I shouldn't be doing life with. See, seeing God as he is should humble all of us. That he would give his son, sacrifice his son to pay for our sins that we might have our sin atoned for. Paid for. By his perfect son. So when God sought a man to share God's word with his people, even though the task was impossible, which is something we went through, Isaiah did it. He just took it on. So let's look at that task one more time. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 9. And he said, this is God speaking to Isaiah after Isaiah surrendered, after Isaiah was saved and surrendered his life to serving God. Go and say to this people, keep on hearing, but you're not going to understand. 
Keep on seeing, but you're not going to perceive what I'm showing you. And he tells Isaiah, make the heart of this people dull. Bore them to death. That's my interpretation. Make their ears heavy. Make it to where it's hard for them to pay attention. Blind their eyes. Don't let them see. Lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. That's what God said to Isaiah about his word revealed to his people. I was going to preach this a different way and explain the verse first, but I just felt pressed by the Spirit of God to come through at a different angle. Actually, what I prepared all week was going, is going to be preached next week. So I got a free week. Because he put this together in the last two weeks over time. So I've just felt like this needed to be taught before I go to the next point. So for those of you that are looking for me to talk about how the Holy Spirit affects salvation, we'll talk about that next week. Because that's what I said I was going to preach this week. But I just felt we got to come at a different angle, I think. So before I get into it, do you mind if I pray? Let's pray. Father, I do not know the hearts of everyone in this room. I know mine. And I know that I need to hear what your word says to me this morning. If I am going to honor you with my life, if I am going to live for you, if I am going to serve you and be in any way, shape, or form honoring to you, I need to understand what your word shares today. I've been wrestling with this with two, for two weeks. And what often is clear to me isn't always clear to them. So give them some grace with your word today that they may understand the one that they need to understand. Holy Spirit, our hearts are open, our ears prepared, our eyes clear. Reveal your truth to us today. We love you so in Jesus we pray and all God's people said. When the disciples in the New Testament started following Jesus, they believed that Jesus was the Messiah and followed him without understanding who he was or what they were going to have to do. They did not understand that they were going to have to surrender their whole lives to him to actually follow him. They didn't understand that this was going to end in their death. But they did it anyway. And the more they learned about him, the more they realized that Jesus began to speak in parables 
and teachings that people didn't understand. Even the disciples who were walking with him didn't understand what he was saying. They had no clue. So they always had to ask, they had to stop Jesus and say, what are you talking about? I do that all the time. I do that all the time where I wonder, what are you saying? What are you trying to say to me out of your word? What are you trying to tell me out of this sermon? What are you trying to tell me out of this moment? The passage that we read, Isaiah chapter 6, 9, and 10, is found, quoted by Jesus in Matthew chapter 13, verses 14 and 15. Mark chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. We're not going to go there. Luke chapter 9 and verse 10. I'm sorry, 8 and verse 10. John chapter 12 and verse 40. And then Paul himself quoted this passage of Scripture in Acts chapter 28, verse 26 and 27. Now when you read your Bibles, if God repeats something that many times, it's something he wants us to hear, which is why it's taking me forever to get out of this passage. I realize that American Christianity wants something new every week and they want something interesting to hear. But that doesn't mean you're going to hear it. Sometimes you've got to hear something over and over and over again before you actually get to the truth of what God is trying to say to you. Because there's so many other thoughts and feelings and emotions that are in us that keep us from hearing the truth of the word of God. Is that not true? So God talked about it a lot in his word. Jesus four times, Paul once. And I believe what this passage has to do with, I'm going to summarize it in the easiest way for me. It has to do with going through someone to get to someone. To get to someone, you've got to go through someone. To get to me, the best way is to go through Deborah. Because God wants the intent to be pure. Your decision to be honest. Your understanding to be full. Numerous times preceding the quotations of the scripture of Jesus' story, you find Jesus saying that he that has ears to hear, let him hear. Meaning that some of you will be able to hear the word of God, some of you won't. There was a, there was a component to gaining access to the word of God that was missing in some. Which is why some of you just can't understand the word of God. That's why some of you can't understand the preaching of the word of God. That's why some of you need help in understanding and gaining access to God and his word. Speaking to the church of Thyatira, which I believe we are now living. And I'm trying to figure out how to present that to the church while not getting in the way of Isaiah. Because I feel like that's where he wants us to go. So literally, I've got more to preach than I have time to preach it. Jesus said to the church of Thyatira, He that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So there was a message that God gives to the churches that to get to the message, you've got to go through the Spirit of God. Without going through the Spirit of God, it's not going to make sense to you. Which is why I said Isaiah 6, 9, and 10 is an impossible task for preachers. Because most people don't know who the Holy Spirit is. So the very Spirit that you need 
to go through to get to because you don't know him or you don't understand him. You don't get it. So to understand the Holy Spirit, and I'm not going into full doctrinal mode here, I spent some time just looking at who he is. And there's five symbols that portray the Holy Spirit. Now, someone's going to come up with seven. Someone's going to come up with nine. Someone's going to come up with 14. Someone's going to come up with 40. I found five simple symbols of the Holy Spirit that give us an insight into who he is. There's the dove. There's fire. There's oil. There's wind. And there's water. And to understand these five symbols, you must understand the difference between them. So these symbolize the Holy Spirit and his presence and his person. So to gain access to him is learning who he is to get through him, to get to the word of God. And to understand these symbols, there's a couple of passages of scripture that I kind of skipped over to get to to give us some understanding. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse, I'm sorry, 4 and verse 30. says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God whereby you are sealed for the day of redemption. Meaning that God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, can be grieved. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says, do not quench the Spirit. You can quench Him as well. Why is this important? Let me make it really simple. To grieve the Holy Spirit affects his person. Have you ever been grieved? Something just grieved you? Something troubled you? Something bothered you? Something like you walked into a room and you knew you were in the wrong room and you needed to walk out of the room? It just, your spirit was grieved by something. To grieve the Spirit affects his person. To quench the Holy Spirit is to affect his power. To quench. To minimize. To wash away. And I believe the dove represents the person of the Holy Spirit. Fire, oil, wind, and water represent the power. See, before you ask for someone's power, it's best to acknowledge his person. Is that not true? I did not ask permission for this illustration, but I'm going to use it anyway, and some of you are going to get offended by it, so just be prepared. Come here. Come here. You get just stepped over this. Give me your wallet. Is there any money in it? Was that a nice way to approach you? No. <laughs> now, if I would have approached you appropriately, I would have said, hey, Tim, how are you doing today? It's a little small talk, right? Get a little small talk. And then, and then said, Tim, I need, I need to borrow some money. Do you have any money I could borrow? And Tim would have said, <laughs> S- 
So we find out what kind of a guy Tim is. No, I would have gave you money. He would have given me money. I know that. But it's best to approach you as a person, not just tell you what to do, not just seek your power, to take your power from you. It's best to approach you as a person and say, hey, Tim, I love you. I appreciate you. I need 20 bucks. <laughs> he would have given me 20 bucks. Or he would have borrowed 20 bucks from you. <laughs> given it to me. But it, does that, you can sit down now. Does that not make sense? Yeah. The best way to approach... Don't clap for him. He made a joke out of it. Yeah, what's with you guys and no, not having any cash? What's... See, you want the ability to understand Scripture. You want the ability to hear and see what the Spirit says. But you don't acknowledge the person of the Holy Spirit. You just ask Him for His power. You just drive your thoughts into the, a way that says you need to show up. How, how many of you have been in sin and then in the middle of your sin realized you needed forgiveness and you went to the power without acknowledging the person? You have to forgive me. Your word says you will. That's true. He will. But it's kind of rude to go to him that way. I see that happen all the time. See, I believe you got to access the person to get to the power. To get to it, you got to go through it. Are you with me? To get to him, you got to go through him. Let me give you another verse that intrigued me. John chapter 1 and verse 32. Jesus just got baptized. And John bore witness. He said, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove. Now let me tell you the cool part of this whole story. I had prepared this yesterday. I've been meditating on it and praying with it for the last two weeks. I come to the, ser the, the church and I went through my sermon and as I'm going home this morning, I'm driving uh, along the road, and a dove flies in front of my car. Now, I haven't seen a dove in a long time. I'm just glad I didn't hit it, because that would have been a horrible. <laughs> I could have used it as a sermon illustration. Sometimes we run over the dove, but. <laughs> Who's laughing over on this side? <laughs> John bore witness, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit, acknowledging the person of the Spirit, descend and remain. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit, which is access to the power. Are you with me? Let me read that one more time. I myself did not know him. He did not know exactly that Jesus was the Messiah yet. But he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, which is the command from God to go, he on whom you see the Spirit, or the person of the Holy Spirit, descend and remain. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit, accesses the power. So acknowledge the person, he accesses the power. Are you with me? This is the illustration that the scripture gives us about the dove. This moved John to say, I have seen and bore witness that this is the Son of God. This, is, this moved him to say, I, I, I get it, I understand who Jesus is now. It makes sense to me. My life has changed because I've met him. 
John the Baptist knew Jesus by going through the Holy Spirit. That's what the passage teaches. But the symbol important the symbol is more important than just what I've said. John the Baptist sees a dove landing on Jesus, not a crow, not a pigeon, but a dove. A dove. It's my understanding from all the things that I studied, this is a turtle dove, which is common in Israel in that day. So when they understood this picture, they would have said, oh, yeah, I know what a dove is. I know the difference between a dove and a pigeon. Most of us don't. I did some study on a dove, and a dove is very shy. Some might even say sensitive. Which was important to John, as the pigeon landing on Jesus wouldn't have been special. If a pigeon lands on you, it's like not really a thing of God. It's a thing of a pigeon. But if it's a dove, it's pretty special because of some attributes of a dove that we need to understand. There's some things I read about doves, so we'll just go through them real quick. Doves never fight. Doves never fight. They have a peaceful and quiet way about themselves. Pigeons are noisy and aggressive. Throw one french fry outside of your car right? They go nuts. They'll eat each other up alive just to get to that one french fry. They never fight. Doves never fight. Doves never fight. They have a peaceful and quiet way about them. Doves are uncomfortable with noise. Uncomfortable with noise. If you go out in the woods and you shoot a shotgun Doves will fly out of the trees because it freaks them out. Pigeons are not bothered by noise. They will live in busy cities. They'll live in crowded cities. They, they will be drawn to places where there's um, lots of noise. But doves are bothered by noise. Doves are cautious of humans. They're cautious of humans. They're, it's not normal for a dove to come land on you. Pigeons have no fear of humans. Pigeons, I think, like humans. But doves connect with those who have a similar spirit, which is why the dove that landed on Jesus remained on him. Because there was something that he knew about Jesus that, was there, that he was comfortable with, that he was common with. Doves can't be controlled. You will never control a dove, but you can train a pigeon. Doves are known as a symbol of peace, harmless and gentle. The world understands that. Pigeons are known for pooping garbage. <laughs> Have you ever yelled at a pigeon for pooping on your car? I'm not saying doves don't do that. I'm just saying that uh, it's pigeons that, that's the problem. Now, this, this picture of, of what doves are like lines up with what the Scripture says about the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Of such things there are no law. When was the last time you saw a sign that said, don't feed the doves? But how often we see signs that say, don't feed the pigeons. 
James chapter 3, verse 17 says, But the wisdom that is from I'm sorry. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. There's something different about the things from heaven than there are the things of earth. And the dove lands on Jesus and remains on him because they were similar. They had this similar relationship. Which makes me wonder if modern Christianity is more pigeon religion. As we seem more comfortable with chaos and garbage. As, as, as believers. We fight each other all the time and fight things all the time. We're always fighting something. Doves don't fight. We are drawn to noise. I, I'm just, this is just an issue that I have. But I'm amazed at how many people need noise in the background while they are worshiping God in prayer. Well, the song helps me concentrate. That's because you have to try to figure out a way to shut the noise out, but you're just using more noise to cut out the noise. I just destroyed most of your devo devotional life. But you're so used to noise. You, so, so can you actually, honestly, truly, are you truly hearing the Spirit of God when you're doing that? Or are you hearing the Spirit of the songwriter or the Spirit of the song? Sometimes it's hard to connect with a similar spirit from a spiritual standpoint. You, you ever run into that person that's really spiritual and you know they're spiritual and you feel really uncomfortable around them? Because you just don't seem to connect with this person. They just have a, a spirit of God in them that you don't have. And they're not judging you or making you feel bad, but you know there's something different about this person. And every time you're around them, you just feel like, oh, I'm a mess. But you have no fear of messy humans. Like, you, all your friends are messy. All your friends are messed up. And like, you're comfortable around really messed up people. But you're totally uncomfortable with anybody who's walking with God. You're like, so, un, like, you just feel judged and they're not even trying to. Okay, that was, I'm just spitballing here now. Pigeons can be trained, meaning don't we seek more order in our life instead of letting the Holy Spirit lead us? We actually seek order. We want to control even the Spirit of God himself. You can't control him. You cannot control the Spirit of God. But we seek to control him. And this pigeon religion. Christians aren't known as peaceful, harmless, and gentle. We're known for poop and garbage. Come on now. Worries me a little bit. 
It leads me to believe that the Holy Spirit's presence is rarer than we think. And it makes sense why so many might hear the word of God but don't hear it and see it but don't understand it. Because they're trying to do it through the eyes of a pigeon, not the heart of a dove. See, I believe there's a connection between the power and the person. And if you don't go through the person, you can't have the power. You must acknowledge the person before you take his power. Which is known as a gift. Scripture teaches it's the Holy Spirit that guides us into all truth and convicts us of sin. But to get to that, we've got to come to Him. And you may do this all the time. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we just approach God and, and we just go to the Word and we start reading it and we try to understand it from a, a theological or a, a, a doctrinal idea. And we're not even asking the Holy Spirit to help us understand what the Scripture is saying. We don't go to the person. We want to understand it, but we don't go to the person of the Holy Spirit and say, could you help me understand what I don't understand? Because I might be seeing something that is not true. Or maybe you get nothing out of the Word of God because you never access the person of the Holy Spirit to give you the power to understand what the Scripture is saying. See, the dove is sensitive. Which has two meanings. He's, he's sensitive to being easily offended by humans. If he is sensitive, now you're not going to like this aspect of the Holy Spirit, but he is sensitive to humans. And he's aware of the needs and emotions of humans. He's sensitive to your needs. He wants to help. He wants to save. He wants to help us with our sin. He wants to convict us. He wants to clarify the word of God to us. He wants us to know what God's trying to say to us. He has a passion for the truth and helping us understand it. But he's sensitive. But we can still grieve him. Meaning it's important that we are sensitive to his sensitivity. If we're sensitive to the spirit, he'll remain on us and when we, we will hear him when he speaks. But he has feelings and those feelings are affected by what we say and do. The Holy Spirit ungriefed manifests his personality through us through the fruit of the spirit. As well as giving access to the powers or the gift of God that he has. Now let me also add this. I, I got to throw this out here. When the Spirit of God is grieved, it doesn't mean you lose your salvation. Ephesians 4.30 says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed for the day of redemption. But it does mean that it does impact our relationship with the Spirit of God. The hard truth is most of us don't know whether He's truly with us or not. We see a pigeon and think it's a dove. And demons are good at acting like pigeons, portraying themselves as doves. Even the scripture teaches even Satan can come as an angel of light. 
So how do we grieve the Spirit of God? Now, if he's so sensitive, how do we, how do we grieve him? How do we af- impact his person? Ephesians, we're going to skip to Ephesians 5, and then we're going to come back to Ephesians 4. But it's all under the same idea of grieving, not the Spirit of God. Ephesians 5, 3 through 5 says, But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. So what grieves the Spirit of God? Sexual immorality. which are sexual acts that go against God's design. You want to understand the Word of God? You want to have a relationship with the Spirit of God? Then recognize that He is affected or or impacted and very sensitive to sexual immorality. Covetousness. A desire to have those have what others have or, or be acceptable to those around us. Even Trying to be acceptable by the the world is a form of covetousness, and it impacts. He's sensitive to that. Filthy, foolish, or crude talking, or how you speak to others. The Holy Spirit is sensitive to how you speak to people, how you speak about people, how you speak around people. This is what Isaiah said his sin was. I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. And it grieves the Spirit of God when we as believers in Jesus Christ act this way. He goes on to say in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you with all, along with all malice. Bitterness is feeling as if you've been treated unfairly, but not forgiving and letting it go. The Spirit of God is sensitive to those of you who just are bitter about something that happened in your life. You're just bitter. Have you ever been around somebody that's just bitter, but they claim to have this relationship with God, but they're bitter? They claim to be hearing from God, but they're bitter. They claim to be understanding the Scriptures, but they're bitter. How about wrath? How about deep anger? Wrath is deep anger. Some of you are angry about something that happened 20 years ago, and I'm not saying it didn't hurt you. I'm saying you're still angry about it. Holding on to something for 20 years, holding on to a hurt for 20 years is deep. Just regular anger, which is uncontrolled emotion, grieves the Holy Spirit of God. It bothers him when we are angry people. Clamor to make a scene. The other day I was driving down the hill here by Fultanos. And a guy from Washington. (laughs) I'm not bitter. Pulled in front of me. What was interesting to me about him pulling in front of me 
was I could have made a lot of noise. I could have honked my horn like crazy. He, he didn't know that I had the right of way. He's from Washington. They don't know how to drive around here. Don't be bitter. The Holy Spirit's just flying away right now. He just... You could make a scene, but the Holy Spirit's not comfortable in the scene. Slander. You start speaking ill of another, and the Holy Spirit just like wants nothing to do with that. Have you ever been in that moment where somebody's talking about somebody else, and you're just so uncomfortable about the conversation that you excuse yourself and walk away? Or are you one of those that's so comfortable in the conversation that you stay and listen to it? Malice or the intention to do evil. If this is your spirit, you make the dove uncomfortable. And the person of God is grieved. And while your salvation remains in you, his spirit wants to fly away. This is why Isaiah was led to the throne room of God, by whom I believe was the spirit of God. We'll talk about that next week. And this spiritual experience so moved him through, that through repentance he sought forgiveness. In doing so, he faced a difficult ministry. I, I would say it was impossible. But he did it with confidence because he knew that it, if he kept the Spirit of God close, he would have hope that people would hear the Word of God and understand it. I love the passage in James 4, 6-7, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God opposes the proud. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourself therefore unto God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Is it better to chase away the dove or the devil? I almost think sometimes the devil is more popular than the dove. Because we with pride can sit back and say, I'm glad I'm not like those people. And God opposes the proud. Can I also add this? The easiest thing I've ever done is grieve the Holy Spirit. Or been insensitive to his person. Or worst of all, settle for a pigeon religion instead of a right relationship with God. Because I was fully unaware that the pigeon took the place of the dove. I can't tell you how often I've sought his power and neglected his person. I've sought his power, neglecting his person. I said, come here, do this. And if you don't do that, I'm going to be mad at you. And the dove says, fine, fly away. I've sought to accumulate his possessions without acclimating to his person. Leaving me to hear and not perceive, see and not understand, living powerless with a pigeon religion. See, I tried to get through to God by misusing the Spirit of God, and my healing never came. 
Because I'm so busy seeking the power, I'm not seeking the person. I've been very conscious of this the last couple of weeks. It's been a long time since I've revisited this truth. And I put checks on myself and I ask myself often what I was thinking, doing, saying, or feeling. Was it grieving the spirit causing him to fly away or leave me with the pigeons? Had my neglect of the person of the spirit of God impacted my ability to gain access to the power of God? Is that why things are so hard? I was flipping through Hulu. And I was asking the question, would what I watch be, in, would be something that the Holy Spirit would be happy to sit next to me and watch? Let's revisit that. Would what I watch as I'm scrolling through my phone be something that the Holy Spirit would be happy to sit next to me and watch at the same time? Or would it cause him to get up and leave the room? Leaving there to sit by myself but not even knowing that he was gone. Because a pigeon came in afterwards and sit right, sat right next to me. Said, this is a funny show. I was just preparing, praying this morning, preparing for what I was going to tell you. And in my prayer time, I had this moment of doubt and it, was as, it, 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 it was as if I made the Holy Spirit uncomfortable because he has no doubt in the word of God he has no doubt in the ways of God he has no doubt in God himself so when I have doubt when I doubt God or God's word or God's way or God's people is it not making him uncomfortable Because he's going to have all the faith there is because he is the Spirit of God. See, I believe that doubt in God is offensive to the Spirit of God. See, Isaiah saw God and seeing God, he confessed his sin. With his guilt now gone, he surrendered to serve God in what was determined as an impossible task, but he knew if he accessed the person, he would have access to the power. And what made his ministry possible was that he knew God would not leave him powerless if he approached the person correctly. I'm not sure if this fits, but I'm throwing it in here anyway. John chapter 14 and verse 15. Jesus said to his disciples, If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him or knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you, and yet a little while, yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. 
Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am the Father and you and me and I and you. The Holy Spirit of God should be indwelling those who believe in Jesus Christ as their Savior. But we've got to recognize this person. I could have said you've got to respect this person. Because to get through, to get to, you've got to go through. And I believe that there's a lot of us that are not realizing while the dove is here, he doesn't seem to be present in other aspects of our life because of the sin that we're committing. Because we're not respecting the person of the Holy Spirit. We want the power. We want what he does. We want him to do things for us. We want him to move on our behalf. We want, we want him to help us understand the scripture. But we're not respecting the person. My wife knows my heart. And she wants to know that those who want relationship with me, that it's true. And she will do whatever she has to do to protect me from those that might offend me. The Holy Spirit wants you to understand the scriptures. He wants you to understand the word of God. He wants you to know Jesus. He wants you to know God. But are we living our lives in such a way that we are grieving and quenching the spirit? Are we going through the person of the Holy Spirit? Are we going to the power of the person, not respecting the person at all? One last time. Go say to this people, keep on hearing. Keep on hearing. Keep on hearing sermons. Keep on reading your Bibles. Keep on doing what you do. But don't understand. Keep on seeing. Keep having illustrations thrown at you all the time. Doves, pigeons, crows, eagles. but don't perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and blind their eyes lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. Don't you realize the Holy Spirit wants to heal what's broken in you? Don't you realize he wants, he knows that the word of God is important to us to understand so we can get to know who God is and get to know who the, the, the son of God is? But how often would we rather live with a pigeon than a dove? Let's stand if we could. Father, I plan for everything but this moment.
because I believed what I was going to say was not going to make sense to people that don't go through the Spirit to get to you. But I believed. And this is where I confess my sin this morning, Father. I believe that there's somebody in this room that needs to recognize that the Holy Spirit wants to help them in their life today. You want them to know salvation through Jesus Christ. You want them to give them the gifts of the Spirit to be able to minister the Word of God and the ways of God. You want us as believers in Jesus Christ to be empowered to do the ministries that you've called us to do. Whether it's to our families or in our faith places of faith, our churches. They don't need to hear another perfect sermon. I know they need to hear from you. They don't need to hear from me. They need to hear you. And you promised, God, you promised that there would be a remnant. Let us be that remnant of believers who not only know the person of the Holy Spirit, not only honor the person of the Holy Spirit, not only love the person of the Holy Spirit, but through that, obtain the power that souls might be saved and lives might be changed and people might be healed from their brokenness. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, your presence is all we're longing for. To be overcome by your presence, not just your power, that we would be overcome by your presence that today we would confess the sins that have kept us from your person that have grieved your spirit that that have hurt you Father I believe with all my heart I hurt you this morning when I had doubt And I am sorry that sometimes I don't believe the person or the power. Help us, Father, please, to be conscious of the things that we're doing that are either allowing the person of the Spirit of God to remain on us so we have access to the power of God. and not choose the pigeon 
I don't know where you're going with this right now, Father. So I'm just going to say thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for not leaving me and loving me even when I'm not what I should be. Help me to be more aware of how I talk and where I walk and what I watch and what I think and what I feel. That I am not grieving you. I am glad you're sensitive because just as sensitive about what I do wrong, you're sensitive to my needs and my wants and my desires. I want to know you. Jesus, we pray. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I'm totally unsure of what to do from this moment. Other than to ask, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you this morning? Has he revealed some sin in your life? That you've grieved the Holy Spirit of God? Why don't you just repent? Say, I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Here's my sin. I'm confessing it, that I might be cleansed of it, that my guilt might be taken away. Maybe you've neglected the person of the Spirit, seeking only the power, what He can do for you, not who He is. Maybe we've chose the devil over the dove. And they seem really similar because, Father, sometimes the devil can show up as an angel of light and he's actually demonic. And we can know that if we're bitter in our hearts or if we're living with sexual immorality. Let's take just a couple of moments and pray. Altar's open if you want to come. Maybe let that pigeon fly away and seek the dove's presence. Right before church, you got into a fight with your wife. It affected the dove. You got mad at your mom and dad. Angry. Maybe you're living with blame on the church, his bride. Father, as we prepare to leave this place, 
put a check in our spirits, in our spirits, when we impact your spirit. When we grieve your spirit, put a check in our spirit that we've crossed the line, that we might repent and get right back into a right relationship with you. We love you, Jesus. Come on, church. We love you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. Help us, Holy Spirit. In Jesus, we pray, and all God's people said. Guys, thanks for coming today. Have a great day. Summer's almost over. Enjoy your days while you can.